Hi, this is Tyler Schnudy, and you're listening to On Your Way Out, a podcast of Providence Church. On this platform, we're having conversations with members of our community and beyond about making more and better disciples of Jesus and what it means for us as we leave the walls of the church building and enter the world. So welcome into the Provcast. Welcome into the podcast, everybody. This is a special episode this week. We have our first return guest, the return of Toby Gruppin. Wow. How exciting is that? What a milestone. (laughs) Huge milestone. And Toby was our our first guest. If you listen back to that first episode, man, things have changed up here and things have changed um, in this room even for this podcast. And it's been cool already just to see how I think God's been using this to continue to to reach this church in a, in a different way, in a different year. Um, so it's it's cool to kind of, as we've gotten to know you a little bit better over the last month, have you back on and we get to talk some more about the Lord and what he's been doing throughout your life and what he's doing in the life of Providence. Yeah, and I just want to say thanks to you and Ellie. I mean, you've been doing an outstanding job. Uh, the podcast has been excellent. Yeah, I think it's been... Uh, a great way to carry on the Sunday message. So mm-hmm. keep it up. Well done. Cool. We will. We will. So this week we thought we would um, really look at some stories that that Toby's going to share with us um, as we think about up, in, and out. And that's something that, Toby, you're going to talk a little bit about this Sunday, um, kind of explaining um, what that means for us. And Mike, Julie, and I, two weeks ago on the podcast, we kind of demonstrated a little bit about just what that looks like with one another, um, just having a spiritual conversation. Um, and we're going to look at um, one example in Scripture of maybe what that looks like, and then maybe Toby is going to share a few of his own examples from from his ministry and his life of what that looks like. So maybe if you want to start by talking a little bit about where Up In and Out came from, what that means to you, and how um, you've seen that used in in a kind of conversational way as you're interacting with people and interacting with believers and non-believers. Sure. Up in and out is language that comes from Mike Breen, who has developed a ministry called Three Dimensional Ministries, so 3DM. And they have found, it came out of England, and they were looking at uh, how do we start spiritual conversations in a culture that has become so secular? Mm-hmm. How do we even just uh, approach the topic? And I see it here in America, too, that um, conversations here, even at Providence, we struggle with spiritual mm-hmm. conversations. There's a, a fear or, or we don't talk about those things or that's what we just do at church and mm-hmm. we'll come and listen. Mm-hmm. So the up, in, and out language comes from 3DM Ministries. They created a whole bunch of different shapes, right? Uh, this is a triangle, up, in, and out. But they created shapes for us to engage with in helping us to think through discipleship and, and how do I have spiritual conversations and real conversations. Mm-hmm. And it's been just a helpful tool because it just gives you something to kind of like, uh, it's it's a guide. Like, mm-hmm. let's ask these questions about, you know, Tyler, no, really, how is your relationship with the Lord? Mm-hmm. Or if you're walking with somebody who's not a believer, you can just, uh, how do you grow spiritually or... or uh, mm-hmm. How do you connect with your power source or whatever? Mm-hmm. It allows you to ask those questions, and all of a sudden people have an opinion, and it's you. there you are. You're in a spiritual conversation. Right. You get to learn a lot about a person. Right. And maybe this is a maybe a difficult question for you to answer, mm-hmm. but I'm curious of what you would say if I were to ask you, what do you think has led to that um, difficulty in having spiritual conversations? Like what, what has happened 
to where we are now, where it feels like we need to really be intentional about changing that about our culture. Like, you know, what, what do you see as maybe the reasons why we've, we've gotten to that point? Well, I think that's a whole series of podcasts, right? Sure. Um, I don't think there's just one thing. Sure. But for whatever reason, uh, just when you listen to people and you listen to what's going on in their homes, hmm. uh, I hear a lot of people struggling, like, I just don't know how to talk about those things. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's kind of from our CRC Dutch upbringing mm-hmm. as far as a piety. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember early on in youth ministry, we sent people out, um, instead of going off to different states or different countries for mission trips, we would host uh, a mission project in our own hometown in Zealand, and we would take students and we put them in host homes. And one of the first days of our training with these students, we would teach them how to put their personal testimonies together. Mm-hmm. And we'd give them time to practice, but then we said, you go home, and when you're at your host family tonight, you need to share your testimony and then ask for your host family to share their testimony. Mm-hmm. Tuesday morning, my phone lit up, and it was before Mm -hmm. cell phones, right? Mm -hmm. But the phone was lighting up, and it was from the host families that were saying, love that you're teaching these kids how to share their testimonies. Mm -hmm. Don't you ever (laughs) have them ask me to share my story. That's something personal. Now, we had to deal with that. Like, why did that get ingrained in people? Like, we just don't talk about spiritual things. Mm -hmm. So that's a piece of our culture here in West Michigan. Mm that um, we need to transform and, and just find simple ways. Uh, God wants us to be talking about him all the time. I come back to Deuteronomy 6, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, right? Impress these on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, and you're lying down, you're rising up all the time. We seem to be missing that somehow in our mm-hmm. culture mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And looking at the example of Jesus, I think it's very evident that that is something that he lived by. He was constantly reaching out and speaking into people's lives in a way that was, it seemed different than maybe the culture around them. And and you could see in scripture, like the profound impact it had, these conversations that he had with people, how they respond in pretty miraculous ways. Um, And one example that you're going to share this Sunday that maybe we want to get into a little bit is from John 4 um, with the woman at the well, probably a story that we know pretty well. Um, But you're looking at it from the angle of like, what is this conversation that he's having with this woman? um, And how is he getting, how is he getting kind of to right to the core of of who she is pretty quickly? Absolutely. Um, So kind of as you're reading through that, what are some of your thoughts on, on that passage and what that maybe means to us as we try to lead, follow that example of Jesus? Well, well, I love this story, and I I think it gives the heart of Jesus, right? First of all, I think you came into the presence of Jesus, and you just felt absolute compassion. Mm -hmm. And and I think people respond to that probably in different ways. I mean, some, and the woman at the well, felt incredibly safe, Right. right? And we'll get to that in a second. Some people, I think, are, they don't know what to do with it, right? So they freak out and maybe want to run away from it. But the first thing I think that Jesus models for us is just this heart and love of compassion for people. Mm-hmm. And and that's something I think that we need to wrestle with here in our West Mission culture. We're, 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 we're not good. concerned. Well, I, I don't want to say we're not concerned. I mean, you hear this phrase of West Michigan nice. Mm-hmm. I, I think we're busy. Hmm. 
and we're distracted? And are we really taking time to really notice the people in mm-hmm. front of us? Mm-hmm. Like, no, really, how are you? Yeah, yeah. Like, you matter to me. Like, this is a, this is a spiritual moment that God gives you and I this opportunity to really connect, right? How's your heart? And in this story of Jesus at the well with this woman, um, boy, it is so powerful and beautiful. Just with a few questions, he is at the core of her heart. And when we talk about the up, in, and out language, in this story, I see Jesus so aligned with his father. Like the father loves people, and mm-hmm. that's the whole community, the, the, the whole gospel that Jesus is bringing, right? There's a God who loves you, repent and turn, come mm-hmm. back into relationship. That's the Father's heart. Jesus owns that heart, and he sees this woman, and boom, he's right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, he's asking her deep questions, and they go real quick. Yeah. And like in our culture, it's mostly, hey, Tyler, how are you doing today? Oh, right. good, good. How's your work going? Good. Oh, yeah. good, good, good. All yeah. right, all right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Have a nice day. Exactly. Jesus, with four questions is at the key of who this person is. Mm -hmm. And what I find so fascinating is this woman leaves and she goes back to a a town that by the story we can kind of pull out that she's been rejected by the city. She's at the well by herself, Mm -hmm. right? But from this town that has rejected her and, and kept her isolated, she runs back to this town and simply says, let me show you a man who knows everything about me. Now, I think most of us would be ashamed. We would be fearful. Uh, we'd be like, I, I don't want anybody. But there's something about the way Jesus approached this woman, spoke to her heart issues, and she was so ready for everyone to know about it. I think that's who Jesus is inviting us to be mm-hmm. as we walk with people. Mm-hmm. That, that we have so much compassion and love for the person in front of us because they're a person made in the image of God, mm-hmm. that we take time to really hear their hearts. We're not shaming. We're not guilting. We're not giving advice. We're just allowing that pain mm-hmm. and that brokenness to come mm-hmm. and find true healing in Christ. Yeah. And when that happens, this woman goes back to the town and a couple of verses after, the whole town comes to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Not because of just this testimony of hers, but because they come in face-to-face with Christ, too, and like, this is real. Mm-hmm. This is answering all the deep longings and brokenness in my heart. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty. It's interesting in that passage that um, Jesus kind of points out, maybe it's in his divinity that he knows her story already, and he knows um, the kind of the brokenness in her past with, um, I think he's talking about, like, you don't have a husband, right? And yep. he, um, all that. Um, and it's like... He, for for me, like to approach a stranger and kind of like point that out immediately, that that <laughs> seems very like I would never want to do that. And yet, when Jesus does that, it does not, it it does not, um, it it, it doesn't hurt her, right? That that he's talking to her about that because he's doing all. it in a way that he's he's surround like he's he's loving her in that in that brokenness, but he's still they're, they're going to that place that's very real and very raw for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that is like almost like there's kind of redemption in her. She's excited to go and tell people that I had that conversation with this Absolutely. guy who knew this. Um, but that's it's scary for us to enter into that stuff because we don't, especially with people that we don't know well, we don't want to enter into that that really heavy stuff that quickly. But yet in this story, Jesus goes there and it's and it's redemptive. It's not hurtful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So but a, everyone it, has a story. Mm-hmm. And are we taking time to allow those stories to unfold? Right. Do, do I care about you enough to really know your story? Mm-hmm. Uh, do I have the desire to, to ask the questions like, no, tell me about yourself. Like, right. tell me about home and mm-hmm. where do you fit in? And, and tell me some of the key stories that have shaped you. Mm-hmm. I just don't think we take enough time in our culture to really see the person in front yeah. of us. Yeah. Well, Toby has... Um and we'll kind of get into some of these different areas of your life in, in your um, in your past where you've kind of seen this play out in, in different ways. And we thought for this podcast this week, we would just kind of explore some of that and hopefully in a way that's encouraging to see in a very simple way. Um, this is this up and out idea and really just the idea of, of looking at someone as a child of God and approaching every conversation, interaction with that context, yes, seeing how the Lord takes just that little seed of obedience in that way and can do some pretty amazing things. Um, so um, maybe we can start by talking about this uh, girl. Her name, quote unquote, is Fenu. Yeah, um, but maybe let's get into some of that and share what happened there. So a lot of these stories come out of just God gave me a gift of being able to have our church plant where I was previously before Providence. And we moved that into a manufacturing center. As I've shared before, there were 17 different languages spoken on the manufacturing floor. So we just started saying, let's meet some felt needs. And one of those was, let's do English as a second language. Mm -hmm. I've learned so much from just being able to sit with people from different cultures and in that space. And I invite anybody who's just looking like, how do I do this? Go volunteer at an ESL Uh, Hmm. community adult education. Uh, We're going to look at doing some English here too for some people that we have connections with. But sitting with a person from a different culture, when they don't speak English so well and and you don't speak whatever they speak, it slows everything down. And that's beautiful. Hmm. And you get to be with people. But some of the stories, uh, we would pair a volunteer with a student and we would want them to start just simply getting to know each other. Like, what what country were you born in? Tell us about some of your cultural things. What do you miss? What kind of foods do you miss that you don't have mm-hmm. here? And just what do you like about being here now? Just sharing those stories. But we had one lady that we walked with probably for about five years, and she was in the United States probably for about 13 years at this time. And we, we'd do English with her, but her name was... F-N-U, FNU. Mm-hmm. And that's what she went by. Well, we were helping her work through some, you know, things with citizenship and, and all that. So we were getting all these records. And we came across documentation of what FNU was. Now, this was on her driver's license. This was mm-hmm. on her paycheck. This, was this is her name. This is her name. FNU on one of these documents meant first name unknown. Wow. Now, could you imagine living in another culture and everyone's just calling you first name unknown? Like, we don't know you. It's like it almost strips you a little bit of your identity. Absolutely. You know? And and we started uncovering this and and just, I well, what is your name? And learning these things. And I, I think that just honors people when you sit with them. 
mm-hmm. and their story matters to mm-hmm. you, and you take the time to, to live into that. Now, th- that story has just stuck with me because I could not put that in my mind, like mm. living kind of in a with a no name. Yeah. But that's what everyone knew you as. And probably most people never stopped to understand or realize what that meant and understand, like, you know, you took that intentional step of understanding where that comes from and, and realizing the situation that she was living in with that. But probably until then, who knows, like how many people that she talked with or knew here um, understood how many, how many people that we see have something like that that they just carry with them that we don't stop every, to, to ask every about? Every person. Every, every person. Every person right. has a story. Yeah. And, and that's so blatant. I mean, that's her name. That's what we call her. That's what she writes. <laughs> and, yep. and still, we, don't, we didn't know it. Yes. A lot of people did not know it. Um, so let's, let's talk about um, experiences in, in this guy from Cambodia. Okay. Um, yeah, share, share a little bit of this, of this story with us, too. Sure. This was another student that we had that was going through the initial sit-down with their, their volunteer. And just tell us stories about your, your hometown and your family and what were some of your traditions. Well, if you know anything about Cambodia, they went through a horrific experience with the Khmer Rouge. We say Khmer, but it's hmm. pronounced Khmer where um, uh, a dictator leadership came into power and just wiped people out. Mm-hmm. So we're building relationship with this person and, and just sharing story. And, and it was almost like this person froze and was caught up in a memory for the first time. Mm-hmm. And this person started sharing when they were a young child, like seven, eight, nine years old, when these troops just came into their village and just started wiping the village out. Mm -hmm. And we sat there with this person for about an hour and a half as they started to unfold detail after detail. And as we later found out, this is like one of the first times they started talking about this. Now, this person was in their 40s, 50s. Um, It was powerful. It was was humbling. It, It was... A sacred moment, right? That mm-hmm. this is this is a story from the core of this mm-hmm. person and the pain, and and they're sharing it like for one of the first times, mm-hmm. and getting it out there, and and they were able to to honor us more. We'd gather with some groups of people and just listen to their story, and, and, and sit there with them in, mm-hmm. in that pain and that struggle. But it's amazing then too that here this person is living here. Mm-hmm. They're doing well, they're working, they have a family, and yet they come from such intense pain back here. You would never know mm-hmm. unless you sit down and listen to the story again. That is one of the things I think Jesus is inviting us as Christians to do. Our culture is so filled with pain, mm-hmm. but there's very few safe places to share those stories, to unpack right. those stories. Right. And that's kind of going back to the example of Jesus in that I think following following his example, uh, that's really what he's concerned with as he's talking with people is understanding them and understanding their heart. He goes right to the heart. Yeah. There's really there's not a whole lot of like chit chatty small talk that we read in scriptures there. <laughs> 
I'm sure he had it. I, I mean, think he, right. I think it was a Maybe blast. it wasn't recorded <laughs> right. all the time, but I think it was a blast to be around. Probably. And, and I think that is something for us as believers in Christ, followers of Christ. We need to pull back and say, do people enjoy being around hmm. me? Hmm. Right? Because they sure enjoyed being around Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they didn't just talk about fantasy football sure. or about the weather today. Mm-hmm. Now, those are good things, mm-hmm. right? Jesus was so fascinating because he approached you with love and compassion and like this woman at the well, that so ready to share. And that's what I think Jesus is wanting to bring. That's what his kingdom yeah. is, right? Yeah. We are so broken. We, we hold on to so much pain, so many lies in our head, so many insecurities. Uh, the gospel message is sitting safe with people and allowing Christ to just minister to those deep hurts. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a freeing way to put it in that it's it's Christ ministering. You know, it's it's the Spirit living through us that really makes these things happen. It's not on our own accord that we can, absolutely, you know, do this. Um, that's that's almost comforting to know that I don't have to have the right proper way sentences formed and arguments to convince you know anything like that. It's it's kind of like we said before of just kind of being available for people and being rooted in Christ and letting him do the work, mm-hmm. right? It's it's the Lord that saves us. It's not through through us or me as Absolutely. a person. Yeah. Um I kinda wanna hear you talk about um this story. Um I don't know why this is this is so powerful to me. Um because I think this is a representation of I don't know, somehow um the whole holistic nature of what it is to to be that influence to somebody even in in death and to see how God can use us to do things in a powerful way that influences someone it can influence their family and it's I think um, you you've used the word multiplication and not just addition um, and how what we're doing is not trying to go out and save this person and this person and this person but it's raising up someone who can understand the love of Jesus and the love of God that they have for them that then goes out from there even further. Yes. And it's a, it's a fire that just spreads and spreads and spreads and spreads. Um, and so I, I can't remember his name here, but... Okay, sure. So I, I would say a couple of things. One of the paradigm shifts that we were working with when we moved a church into a manufacturing center was that instead of trying to get people to come to church, we wanted to bring church to people. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a paradigm shift that any believer walking this planet right now really needs to start thinking through because church is shifting and it's shaping. Instead of us trying to get people to programs or to Sunday service, how are we being equipped to be the church where mm-hmm. people just naturally are? Mm-hmm. That needs to be something that we grasp and, and really live into. So this story was when we, we first moved a church into this manufacturing center, we heard that a lady on second shift needed some help. Mm-hmm. She spoke no English. She was from Vietnam. And we found out that her husband was home, dying of cancer, and they lived in a mobile home in the middle of a park. But they had a little son who was probably preschool or kindergarten at the time. And 
uh, he would have to walk early in the morning by himself through the park all the way to the front of the park to get on the bus. Mm -hmm. They didn't want that for him. Mm -hmm. So they found a new home right at the front of the park where he could get on the bus, just walk out the door and be there and everything was safe. They needed help to move from one home to the next. Before I said yes, because I didn't know what I was getting into, Mm -hmm. I said, can me and the guy from our church just come to your house, see what needs to be done, meet your husband, and then, then we can tell you if we can help you or not. So we went there one afternoon, and this man, um, just frail from cancer, mm-hmm. and we looked over the home and said, yeah, this is something we absolutely we can do. We'll, we'll be here this weekend to make it happen. So then again, up in and out, we don't want to just serve and just, okay, move some things, and that's, mm-hmm. uh, I'm concerned about this man's heart, this mm-hmm. family's heart. Mm-hmm. So... Being in the home, and it's a Vietnamese home, but there's definitely Buddhist mm-hmm. kind of paraphernalia, et cetera. So, so I just asked him, like, you're, you're in these last stages. Where are you at mm-hmm. with dying? Mm-hmm. And that just opened us up into a good spiritual conversation. He spoke some pretty decent English, and he was able to say, I, I know what you're getting at. You're asking if I'm Christian or mm-hmm. this. And he's, I'm not Christian, but I'm not Buddhist. I'm not this. I'm not this. I, I've just kind of just all pulled it all together, and I, I believe mm-hmm. what I believe on my own. Mm-hmm. Well, I said, well, I do believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and that he has come to, to bring life and that he's created all things. Would it be okay if I pray over you? And he said, sure. So he allowed me to lay my hand on him, and, and I just prayed over him and his family and as I prayed, this man just wept mm-hmm. and wept and wept. And I'm like, okay, s- something's happening here, right? Mm-hmm. So we showed up that weekend with a whole bunch of people, and we moved all their stuff from one house to the new house. We circled around that house then. Everyone grabbed hands, and we just prayed over this family, God's blessing. Well, I would stop every so often just to see the family, and somebody gave me, because they knew that we were walking with so many different languages, these uh, uh, solar-powered audio Bibles, Mm -hmm. and I had one in Vietnamese. So I brought it to him, gave it to him. He said, thanks. That was about Mm -hmm. it. Well, about a week later when I stopped in there, right on his hospital bed, right next to his, on his pillow, right next to his ear, Mm -hmm. sat that audio Bible. Mm -hmm. Every time that I would stop at that house, that audio Bible was next to his mm-hmm. ear. Well, I got a call one evening that said, we need you here right now. We need you here right now. So I drove over to the home. The home was packed with Vietnamese friends and family. And he was just sitting there and it was it was time for, for him to enter mm-hmm. into eternity. Mm-hmm. And they asked if I would pray over situation. So just prayed over him and it was just like right there, he was gone. Hmm. So I'm kind of sitting in this house and, um, you know, I'm the only English speaker in there. And so just giving the space and just allowing things to happen and in the grieving. And finally, a few minutes later, a guy comes and taps me on the shoulder and says, are, are you Toby? And I'm like, yeah, I am. He's like, he was an elder from a Vietnamese Christian church in Grand Rapids. Hmm. He said, I want you to know that two days ago, this gentleman called our church and asked for the pastor and an elder to come. Hmm. 
because he wanted to profess his faith in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And he was baptized. So awesome. That is so awesome. Well, the story even gets better that uh, that night then, the, the spouse who worked at the company we're at asked if I would do the funeral. Now, mind you, <laughs> I speak English, <laughs> right. not Vietnamese, right? So we got a translator, and we were able to do it at our location where she worked. And the company gave second shift all off and that they could come and be a part of this memorial service. So we had Muslim, we had Buddhist, we had uh, Hindu, we had Jehovah's Witness, we had everything that just came, and they were able to grieve with their coworker, and we were able to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. Uh, But a year later, it was the spouse and her son who continued to walk then in the church and also were baptized. Mm -hmm. So again, it's it's creating the space of where are felt needs, Mm -hmm. how do we engage those felt needs, but let's not just do nice acts. Mm -hmm. How do we have the up in out Mm -hmm. conversations? How do we have real spiritual, like how is your heart? Mm -hmm. How are you with this? Mm -hmm. We just need to show up and God does amazing things. Yeah. That reminds me, that story reminds me of my grandpa actually, because he, if I look, um, if I look to people uh, for, just kind of guidance or or people that I, I think about as role models for me and influences for me in my, in my walk with Christ. My grandpa is right at the very top, and um, he's just very much a spiritual leader, really, for our whole family. Um, his his kids, um, obviously, like my, my dad um, and all of us together, I think he, he is very much a sort of cornerstone family figure that... Mm-hmm. that um, we really look to and look at his life as just this really beautiful example of what it is to, to walk with God. And he has had numerous examples and, and opportunities to be with people um, kind of on their deathbed. And that's something that he's just, for whatever reason, that's a, a situation in an area that he's, he's found himself in like over and over and over again. Um, and it's just interesting to hear those stories because often it's, it's, him seeking those things out. He knows somebody is in that situation and he wants to go and pray with them. And often it is somebody asking for him to come. And in a lot of those cases, it is not people that you would expect to want that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like somebody he hasn't spoken to in years. Sometimes it's someone that he maybe walked with for a little bit of time and, and was and was walking with and sharing Jesus with. And it, it you know, in that time did not amount to um, them accepting Christ or, 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 you know, continuing that, that process. But then later, as they get to that later stage of their life, he's the person that they've Absolutely. asked to come be with. Um, and I've always thought about that in that, you know, I have some of those unfinished stories in my life where I've, um, I've wanted to see that, that happen, you know, immediately with this, this person or this friend. And, I, I'm thinking of a couple of people specifically in mind that I've um, shared the gospel with and I've wanted to see them get to know Jesus and it, it hasn't happened. And I think I have to realize like God is still working in those areas and maybe there's going to come a time where maybe it's 30 years down the line where I may have the opportunity to, to take that step with them later. Um, and I think that's just encouraging to know that like it, 
it's not always going to happen the way that our brains and our minds feel like we want to see it happen Correct. immediately. Um, sometimes the journey of someone's life, we don't know what's happening in their heart. And sometimes even on the outside, they present themselves in a certain way, but we don't know how God is working on, Absolutely. on the inside. And I think you maybe experienced that with, with this gentleman as well, that, um, you know, you didn't know that that was going to happen, but then you were able to just see that, that flame. Um, and even if it was two days before he went to see the Lord, mm-hmm. s- that's how God is going to work sometimes. Right. Absolutely. And you use that phrase too of uh, sharing the gospel or sharing my faith. We we break that down again to like these checklists. Mm-hmm. Like I better say the right words, mm-hmm. and and I'm I'm going to share the gospel. This is what it is. Oh, you better sure. pray a prayer, right? right? Exactly. If maybe we have a, a card that we've gotten at some point with like the the three steps to understand. Absolutely. You know. Now now I do believe that we have to have language. We have to have conversations. Mm-hmm. But if I am a follower of Jesus Christ, Christ lives in me, I am living the gospel every second, right. every minute of every day. Right. People are watching. Right. And what gospel am I sharing? Mm-hmm. Is it one like Jesus at the well, where this woman felt the compassion and love and was just ready to just, yes, here I am? Mm-hmm. Or is it like, yeah, I don't want that Jesus? Mm-hmm. So... I think for us as as a church, those are really deep wrestling points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How are people receiving me? Yeah. Right. Uh, are they feeling the love and the compassion? I mean, we just did that series on the fruit of the Spirit. Right. Fruit of the Spirit, again, aren't individual things. That is just simply the character of who Christ is. Right. And if I'm truly following Christ, does that... Are, are people bumping into me that way? Mm-hmm. Do they see me and experience me that way? Mm-hmm. If not, okay, the gospel needs to do a deeper work in, in my own life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we share those stories of brokenness and woundedness. Mm-hmm. That's why the power of story is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Because when I hear your stories, I'm I'm there with you and I can feel that pain and, and I can sit there with you. Mm-hmm. But I also see, oh, but he's moved on, and, mm-hmm. and and there's more to this story, and there's, oh, th- there's hope for me, too. Again, the power of story, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as a church, we're going to keep on pushing each other to grow in that, totally. really hearing people's hearts. Yeah. I think part of what's been on, on my heart talking through this last week um, with entering the world and the sticky notes that we put on the wall um, the reason why I found that such a powerful thing to do, I mean, it didn't, it took what, five seconds to write a name down, mm-hmm. stick it on the wall. And yet that immediately, I think, puts us in a place where we are, we we should feel obligated toward those people, right? And you shared that with the staff a little bit. It's like, who, are, who do we feel obligated to? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we think about these concepts kind of on a macro level and on a general level of the the whole of the Christian body of Christ and the church is like, we, we want to be a part of organizations that are advancing in these things, but we don't look all the time at the specific people and the specific examples right in our lives that we are called to serve in that way. Um, so I think if you were here last week or if you were not, I would encourage everybody to think about those people that are in our lives that we feel that, we, we are obligated to um, share, share with everybody um, that quote about being on this side of heaven 
and what our, our role is to those that are on the side of hell. And okay. where does that come from? Yeah, think- so, so use that word, and, and we talked about that in staff earlier this week about this word, who are you obligated to? Mm-hmm. And, and in our culture, that word kind of seems... Uh, You're being forced yeah, to do yucky. something. Yeah, yucky. It's like, yeah. uh, I don't like it. But but Paul uses that in Romans, Romans one fourteen, I believe, where I am obligated to the the Greek and non-Greek. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this, this we, we, and staff said, it sounds better if we can just say we're, we're compelled. Sure. Right? So right. if you want to change, but who are we really compelled to? Mm-hmm. I love that exercise too of, writing down a name that maybe isn't walking with the Lord right now that you desire to mm-hmm. see them because that's a person. Mm-hmm. It's not a sticky note. It's not a name. It is a person created in God's image. It is a person who has beautiful stories that need to be uh, allowed to be shared. Mm-hmm. Can we see the people in front of us? That That's the hope with, mm-hmm. with this of like, are we really going to pray seriously for people? to come to know Jesus, to find that freedom, to find life to the full. That's, I can't save people, you can't save people. We got to invite them in. But the quote you were talking about comes from David Platt, who shares that we are obligated, all those who are believers in Christ, this side of heaven, to be sharing the good news, the gospel, with those who are not followers, this side of hell. Mm -hmm. There is that reality. That puts it in a perspective that um, if we if that's the if that's the perspective that we look at our lives and all the time we would live differently than we do. Yeah, there was a, think about a missionary, and that was one of my stories last week, where we were following some missionaries along the streets of uh, the Delft Netherlands, mm-hmm. or we were in Den Haag at that time, and the. The gentleman I brought with me just threw his hands up in the air, and he just like, you're on mission all the right, time. Right. And the missionary was scratching his head like, like uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what you yeah. do. Yeah. We've lost that in the American church. Hmm. Why? I don't have to learn a new language. I don't have to go to a new place. But if I'm a follower of Christ, I am a missionary all the time. Mm-hmm. My heart should be attuned to the things of God, to my Father. Jesus did nothing without watching what his Father did. Mm-hmm. Why, why does that seem not to apply to us today? Mm-hmm. We are called to be everyday missionaries. I know you did a series on that earlier this mm-hmm. year. But every one of us, God has given us influence somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're a student walking in the halls of, of school... You have influence there. You have you can reach people and connect with people that I can't and you can't. So it's looking, it's having new eyes, spiritual eyes, to see what our Father is doing, who am I truly connecting with, and how's God inviting me to partner with him in, mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. We just basically have to have the eyes to, to show up. You can't save anybody. I can't. It, that right. is Jesus' business. But we get to join him in it and ask the questions, support, encourage, pray for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I long to see the church, the capital yeah. C church, really living into mm-hmm. seeing the calling. Everyone is a missionary right. every moment of every day. Yep. 
Yep. I think um, for some of us that feel that we have work to do in the, in that area, and um, like I, I look at, I forget who I was talking to about this, but sometimes a heart for the lost is easy to t- to talk about, and it's it's harder to to let that really be who we are. Um, and the, for me, I think that I have felt the posture of my heart change depending on a lot of my relationship with Christ, like my relationship with God, how I'm walking with God. I feel it internally shift. Like when I when I'm focused on the things of the world, when I'm when I'm not. Um, yeah, and intentional about praying or or reading the Bible or reading the Bible with my family or whatever whatever those things are. Um, I think that's how the enemy gets a foothold and starts to just like pry you away from yes. that calling because he he does not want you to do it. And so I think being rooted in in Christ is the first step in that. And like you said, the the fruit of the spirit comes from Christ. It does not come from ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so that's that whole idea of denying ourselves. That I think we're just continuing to to encourage all of us, myself, Toby, Ellie, who's behind the computer, uh, to continue to do, um, because that's the only way we can do this. It's not, it's not the work of ourselves. It's the work of the spirit that we need him to work through us to do. Let us conclude with this thought of, I like to ask this question, when did the disciples become believers? I feel like it's a trick question, so I don't want to answer it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, right? They've mm-hmm. walked with Jesus so intimately for three years, but there's doubts. There's times where Jesus, like all these people are, this teaching's too hard, and they walk right, away, right. and Jesus kind of looks at them, and you're going to leave me too. But even at the ascension in Matthew 28, it says, the disciples gathered, but some doubted. Mm. I mean, this this salvation, I think we we... We throw out there, like, uh, pray the prayer, you're done, you're, you're good. Yeah. Go through high school, we sent you through Sunday school, we sent you through catechism, check the list, you're good, you don't have to grow. Discipleship, salvation, I was saved, I am being saved, I will be saved. It's this, God is constantly growing and shaping and transforming me. I think too many people approach reaching out and sharing their faith mm-hmm. They feel that they have to be like this end goal. I got it all figured out. I'm, yeah. I, I have every answer. I have the Bible memorized. Then I can go. No, it's it's just having real conversation and really looking for people's hearts. Mm-hmm. What's going on? What's happening in my heart? What's happening in your heart? How's God moving? How's God shaping? There's many times where I'm going to say, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to search scripture. I'm going to keep being open. I'm going to, I'm going to keep asking the questions, mm-hmm. and that would be our invitation of having that posture. Mm-hmm. Um, too many of us are so filled with fear mm-hmm. to be able to start having spiritual conversations. Mm-hmm. It's just talking about real life. Yep. It's talking about real things going on inside. It's the deep questions of our heart that we are so scared to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to create a space that is safe, where we can be vulnerable, mm-hmm. uh, where we can feel the compassion and love of Christ. That, that, that's our heartbeat. Yep. That's our prayer moving forward, that we just continue to see God work in those ways in our body and 
and through that, through our community and through the state of Michigan, through the, through the nation, um, and across the world. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful picture. Um, imagining what God can do, um, cause he can do all things, he can Absolutely. Do all things through Christ. So awesome. Um, would you pray for us? Sure. Before we finish. So father God, thank you that you have given us your written word where in it we see that the heart of our Father is one of love and compassion, that you so long to be in relationship with those you have created that you are willing for it to cost you to send your Son to take on flesh, to walk among us, to show us how to be in relationship with you, to pay the penalty, to to be put to death on a cross, to be buried, to be raised, to be ascended, to coming again. Jesus, you have done it all for us. So we are praying that you would fill us, this congregation here at Providence, but the church with your Holy Spirit, to live with a courage and a boldness, not a fear. God, that we would evaluate and pause and take a look at our lives to say, do I have enough margin that, that I'm uh, cultivating my relationship with the Father, that, that I'm living in communion with my brothers and sis- sisters in Christ, and I'm giving space, intentional space, to just simply be with people, to do life with them, to hear their stories, to truly be aware and curious about what's going on in their hearts and giving that space for it to come out. Mm -hmm. So God, would we we be such a people? Lord, we pray for a movement of your Spirit in our day where we see more and more people who are hungering and thirsting for the truth and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining me, Toby. Thank you. Well done on your podcast. I'm loving them. Appreciate that. Well, join us next week. We're going to have our very own Gene Clausen, and we're going to hear some of his stories, which are powerful as well. So we're excited for that. So have a great day, everybody. We'll see you next week. Grace and peace. Peace.